Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. It's time to take a look on the bright side. Thank you for joining us. It's not just the weather turning brighter this week. So many amazing people across the country have been continuing to do their bit and beyond in the fight against the COVID-19 pandemic. Whether you're staying home and staying alert or volunteering and finding a new way to support people through this crisis, like all of our guests today, thank you for what you're doing. Today, we talk to four individuals who are doing incredible things right now. We've gone highbrow with a professor on the show later, but don't worry, we're not getting above our station. It's all about a fun video game we can all play while learning about social distancing. I'm sure, like me, you're missing spending time with friends. As the sun shines brightly through my window as I record this, I'm reminded of the amazing pub gardens that I'd love to be in right now. Louise and Danny are on a mission to ensure some of those still here once we're able to return. We'll hear from them later on too. But we start with Lisa. Today we're talking about a wonderful initiative which is giving back to our key workers and we are joined by one of the original volunteers for Hampers for Heroes, Lisa McGarvey. Welcome Lisa. Hello. As we were just chatting about before we started recording, you were part of this initiative right at the beginning when it was just an idea and before it really grew its legs. What was the inspiration behind Hamper for Heroes? I'd been looking on social media and I'd first of all seen a post about um, staff in the ITU at the Queen Elizabeth Hospital not having coffee for breaks and was absolutely appalled and tried to get in contact with someone to give some coffee. That didn't pan out in the end. And then I saw a post from Victoria Hansen, who is the co-founder of the Hampers for Heroes. And she was collecting donations for hand creams because she again had seen a post of a nurse and her partner was so upset when she came home late after six hours later from her shift with sore hands from scrubbing her hands all the time. And they didn't have access to hand creams. So Victoria had started collecting hand creams in her local community. And I just offered to donate some hand creams. So I went to Meta and found out that she was also working with the other co-founder, Yasmin Paulson, who has been working in food banks for years. She's amazing. 
and they'd started to put together a food hamper with snacks in and the hand creams to give to our NHS frontline workers as a sign of gratitude uh, for what they were doing and trying to save lives in this pandemic. That really is incredible. So talk to us about how the process works. Do you collect uh, donated items and put them together and then deliver them or is there another way to it? We do. That's how it started. I got involved just by donating some hand creams and then basically took it away from Victoria because she needed to kind of publicise it so much more. So yeah, I started collecting donations from just the community, went on lots of residents' pages, put out um, pleas for donations of snacks like pot noodles, cereal bars, chocolates, crisps. And so we'd just go and collect or people could drop off, uh, adhering to social distancing, of course. And we'd make up hampers. Yasmin has also got lots and lots of contacts through her food banks. So again, it's amazing. Organisations have got involved. We've had donations from lots of leisure venues that have had to close. So they've got no way of getting rid of snacks. So rather than going out of date, they've been donating them to our hampers. And once we've made the hampers, we then have contacts or nominations to the NHS hospitals in Birmingham. And we're going much further than that now. And also care home settings just to show our gratitude. And it's there for them when they're having a hard day can't have a time for a break and they can just grab and go. I mean, it sounds like the reception from people who are donating items has just been amazing. Because of that, how many hampers have you been able to distribute so far? Well, we're into our fifth week now and we've now delivered over 300 hampers that will go up by about 70 this week. Um, And that's now reached about 8,000 NHS and care home staff. Yeah, it's amazing. That's (laughs) incredible. Just the exponential rate that this has increased, obviously, as more people are getting involved and word is spreading. Absolutely. We've got now just over, there's probably more as of today, uh, but we've got over 40 volunteers now. And they're all involved in either it might just be picking up boxes from us from the local supermarkets. They don't pick up donations, collect donations, they drop off hampers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we've also got obviously lots of people are furloughed like myself. And we've had people involved with social media, with marketing, fundraising. Uh, it's just been amazing. So you mentioned there that you were furloughed. Being furloughed, does that mean that your time has opened up to be able to give back in this way? Yeah, absolutely. Paying it forward, I like to say. Oh, that is such a great way of looking at it. I really do agree with that. Really paying the kindness for that. That is absolutely. That is amazing. Now, I was reading the list of the sorts of key workers that you and the team have delivered hampers to, and I'm stunned by the volume of roles that would actually never spring to my mind as key workers, but obviously so essential. So porters, security, cleaners, members of bereavement teams, so essential to the fabric of our community, but perhaps our mentioned in the news as much as key workers was that really important to your team setting out to reach key workers in all areas yeah, it really makes us smile when we get them. We've been to linen and scrubs departments, like you said, porters, security. And one of the things they say is, oh, no, you know, no one ever remembers us. Um, we went to yeah. the Solihull catering department that had been working solidly since this pandemic started. And they said, you know, we're just forgotten and we can't believe that someone is showing gratitude. So to be honest, they're the ones that make even more uh, your heart smile. 
than you know the ones that are our frontline workers who are just working relentlessly absolutely and you know personally for me something I'm really going to take away from this conversation is to try and daily remember key workers that I perhaps hadn't always thought about in daily life that are so essential but perhaps aren't mentioned as much as other key workers that are equally essential and I think that that this initiative is really looking after them is just so amazing absolutely so Looking ahead to the rest of this period, is there an appetite for this initiative to keep going? There is, yeah. We are currently right in the process of uh, registering with the Charity Commissioner. We have backing in the, in the behind the scenes uh, to support us with structures, processes for this to be rolled out nationally because the mindset is changing now as a result of COVID-19 and people are realising that the backbone of our society is those key workers, our retail workers, our NHS workers, our cleaners, our porters, our care home workers, who've never been recognised before. Mm-hmm. And we hope to continue this as a community initiative and to continue thanking them and showing our gratitude because without that, society wouldn't work. I can imagine that at the start of the process, you perhaps had no idea that it would get this far or perhaps that you'd be involved to this extent where, you know, perhaps Absolutely you're looking at being no. involved with the charity <laughs> for years to come. Yeah, it could be. Just have to watch this space, really. But it's just in terms of it's just lovely working with the most amazing people that I've met in the last five weeks, particularly the two co-founders, Yasmin Paulson and Victoria Hansen. They're just super women in their own right. And as I say, the volunteers that come to the door, the amount of people that have come from the community, because I don't think I've said yet, but there are three different ways that people can get involved. They can Mm. give physical donations um, so they just private messages or send an email to our hampersforheroes at gmail.com um, mm-hmm. and we can collect or they can deliver. So that's any kind of snacks, hand creams, drinks to go into the hampers. They can go on our GoFundMe page uh, to donate money that goes 100% to the hampers and the running costs, obviously, of publicity. And um, they can also volunteer. As I said, we've got 45 at the moment and growing. And that can be in anything, packing, delivering, collecting. Yeah, it's just amazing. Lots of ways to get involved. And I'm sure that if anyone listening is feeling the way that I am right now, it's just how impassioned I am and how I think this is just so important. And I would also like to say that I think you are also a superwoman in your own right, uh, Lisa. So it's <laughs> you're, you're doing an amazing job too. Thank you so much for joining us on Look on the Bright Side and best of luck with the rest of the Hampers for Heroes initiative. Thank you very much. And thank you for having us. It's a wonderful initiative you've done yourself and we should always look on the bright side. Thank you. I promise we did not prep her at all for that. She just knows how much we all need to look on the bright side. But it's people like her giving us those rays of sunshine to look for and celebrate. And I also want to mention the body shop at home consultants that have worked so hard to get their customers to sponsor hundreds of hand creams for the frontline workers. When you think of the British summer, sure, you think of rain first, but when the sun finally gets out, us Brits love nothing more than a local pub garden. But with hospitality hit hard by the new legislations, it's important to ensure they're still there on the other side of this. 
So I'm hearing from a lot of friends and family that a big feature of their lives that they're missing at the moment is a few pints down at their local pub. Pubs can be essential to the fabric of communities, especially in the UK. So it's something that many of us are missing. But as well as us missing being at the pub, on the other side of the story, pubs have been closed for months now, a scenario unlike any other in mine and many others' living memories. Today, I'm joined by two people who are doing something to help support pubs. I'm joined by Danny Philpot and Louisa Saddington, two of the four founders of Keep Pubs Pumping. Welcome, Danny and Louisa. Thanks for having us. Thank you. So first off, Keep Pubs Pumping, it really stands out. It's a really great name. Can you talk us through where the idea came from, Danny? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I was hoping you were going to say Lou because uh, I don't want to take the credit away from her. But um, we were basically talking about the fact that pubs are going to be one of the last Um, institutions and businesses to reopen after lockdown and seeing a lot of news articles about the fact that a lot of their stock and um, obviously the payments that they're having to make aren't stopping so they're really going through a hard time at the moment so um, Lou and uh, the rest of the guys came up with the idea to basically launch Keep Pubs Pumping where we're hoping to support pubs through this difficult time and show our support for them uh, through their local communities and the followings that they've built up over the years. You make such a good point because something that really stood out to me, because again, I've seen it in the news as well, is how pubs have all this stock that's going to go out of date. So it's not like, you know, a clothes shop that can, you know, perhaps sell it once they reopen. A lot of this stock will go out of date, which is direct loss. Is that right? Yeah, definitely. And uh, part of the inspiration came from seeing a lot of these venues transforming into things like general stores as a means of trying to drum up some extra funds while they need it. But it kind of got us thinking how we could use our skills and connections in advertising and design in order to kind of redirect it to something that's a little bit more fun and a nice distraction from what's become quite a busy working time for us. So what it is, is that you're reaching out to illustrators and designers across the country and you're creating limited edition merchandise for local pubs. Yes, it is. Yeah, yeah. so um, a lot of the connections are through work. Uh, We've got amazing connections with a bunch of creatives and illustrators. So it kind of started off reaching out to them first and then alongside reaching out to independent pubs in London, we were really keen to make sure we were supporting not the the big groups like the Weatherspoons and the Youngs, but kind of looking out for those local favourites which are independent and don't have that kind of robust support around them that some others might. What's the reception been like when you've reached out to these illustrators and creatives? Yeah, it's been really heartwarming. The response from uh, the pub owners themselves has been amazing. They've been just very thankful that someone has thought about them and is almost doing something to help. And uh, they've been looking for ways to really engage with their their following and their customers when obviously their their doors are shut they can't physically engage with their customers but they've been looking for ways whether through um, social or online that they can kind of continue that relationship so for them as well it's given them something positive and and nice to be able to speak about in this time so that's been a really good uplifting uh, side for the the four of us that are working on it just in terms of the response that we've got and then on the other side from the designers and illustrators that we partnered with again it's been amazing they have all given up their time and their their skills ultimately to to help out these local pubs that they're passionate about um, and a lot of them have actually 
chosen the pubs themselves because they go there and uh, it's their favourite haunt. So there's been a really nice connection there as well. I would love to know, did the pubs play any part in the creative process of creating the t-shirt? Some owners were definitely more hands-on than others. Uh, For example, venues like the Dove were really keen to get elements of uh, the pub's facade into the design. But some were quite happy to let the designers take their own inspiration and apply their own personal style to it. So it's been it's been a little bit of both, but where possible, we've been trying to integrate any history or specific brand elements from the pubs. Why did focusing on this particular aspect, pubs, mean so much to both of you? So I guess it, it definitely came from a, a place of yearning. Um, I know the moment the sun comes out, the first thing you want to do is to hop in a beer garden and... I was definitely missing that. But probably a bit broader than that is uh, just passion for pubs in general. So coming from Sydney and kind of getting to understand what pub culture means to Britain and just how much you guys love your pubs and are so fiercely protective of them, I just thought it was so special. And when I, I saw that it was announced that pubs would be one of the last businesses to open, uh, I felt driven in a way to kind of try protect that and try guard that kind of beautiful pub culture which I've not seen anywhere else in the world. It's really just the the experience that that pubs bring to us so whether it's weekends, evenings after work, kind of like a meeting point for for all of us and our friends and especially where the the weather has been better it's really uh, kind of brought home that that's where we would have been spending our time and made it even harder about the fact that we obviously can't at this stage um, and as well, the fact that we've really focused on small, independent, local pubs is that there's so much character in a pub. And whereas with a chain, yes, every t- every town has them. Um, there's really not as much of a unique um, area and vibe about the place. But with these really independent locals, there's so much history and culture there. And if during this lockdown they're forced to close, you lose that. So that's why we really felt that they're the types of businesses that really need this help because they are the ones that are going to really struggle to open in the short term because they're just not allowed for at least the next few months now. I think those are two really good reasons and they're really motivating because you're both so right. I think it strikes a chord in everyone. So if someone listening and you've struck a chord with them as well, how can they get involved? Uh, I guess the first point of call would be to buy a shirt, buy a tote bag and support one of the, the pubs which we've connected with for the project. Uh, If you haven't got the cash at the minute, though, we'd appreciate any support in terms of sharing or just following us on Instagram at Keep Pubs Pumping. Danny and Louisa of Keep Pubs Pumping, thank you so much for joining me on Look on the Bright Side and best of luck with the rest of the project. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. We'll be back after this short break and you won't want to miss our final interview. I might see if I can squeeze in a quick game whilst we're on the ads. All to be explained. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. We've seen an incredible amount of interest in podcasts at the moment, and there's no surprise whether you need to pick me up, a bit more connection, or just a bit of time to yourself. Now, as well as listening to Look on the Bright Side, we have another recommendation for you this week, and this is for the parents. Made by Mamas is a podcast all about lifting the veil on parenting, whether it's celebrities with their true stories, or an expert giving valuable advice, or even just getting to hear Zoe and Georgia, those are the hosts, talk about their favourite products and new experiences. Now is quite a difficult time to be a parent so they've even increased their episodes to two per week not just to help you get through it but help you to thrive on it just search made by mamas wherever it is you found this podcast previously on the podcast we've featured ways to communicate what's happening at the moment to young children in a way that's both informative and not too intimidating it's proving to be a challenge for parents across the uk and across the world at the moment so anytime there's an example of someone doing something amazing to make this a little bit easier for the parents we definitely want to make sure that we shine a light on it Joining me today is Professor Richard Wiseman. Welcome. Should I call you Professor? Uh, Richard is absolutely fine. Welcome, Richard, to the podcast. How are you? I'm very good, thank you. Yes, how are you? Very well, thank you. Uh, Before we dive in, how has lockdown been for you? Are you finding it okay? Well, here's the thing. I I work so much online anyway that it hasn't had too much of an effect. Uh, So it's it's kind of okay. Yeah, I'm I'm very used to working at home, very used to working online. So uh, yes, all is going well, thank you. Great to hear it. And you've said that you work online. So as part of that, you've been working on an online game, which is helping children to see the importance of social distancing. So tell us, how did Can You Save the World come about? Well, it has an unusual genesis in that, uh, I think probably a couple of months ago, a uh, a gaming student called um, uh, Martin Jacob emailed me and said, would I provide the voice for one of his games? And I did. (laughs) Right. Uh, his, his game was fantastic, and, and that was that. And then lockdown started. I was walking around, and I was thinking, you know, avoiding people, keeping this two-meter distance away from them, it kind of feels like a computer game. And wouldn't it be great, I think children struggling with it a little bit, wouldn't it be great if we could somehow embody it in a game which then encouraged kids to, uh, to socially distance when they're out and about? So I got in touch with Martin and said, are you on for building this? He went, well, normally it would take months, but if we work around the clock and really get to it, we think we can do it in a couple of weeks. And that's what we did. We, we created the game, worked very hard. Uh, he did an amazing job uh, with it and we put it out and lo and behold, it went viral. So we're delighted. That's such an amazing story. So what is the format for the game? What's the objective? What are the rules? Well, we, we created it, <clears throat> I think quite carefully, in that you are walking along the street 
you are being approached by folks and you have to keep two meters away from them. And then it gets a little bit more complicated because there are cyclists and there are people sneezing. And then you're asked to pick up um, face masks and then drop them off a medical facility. And for all of that, rather than getting just a score, you're saving lives. Your, Your score is the number of lives saved. And as you go on, what you realize is the rate at which that score is increasing is itself increasing. And the reason for that is it's an exponential um, distribution. And so when you don't pass it on to somebody else, they can't then pass it on to somebody else. So they're saving lives as well. So it's really saying two things to, uh, to the kids and, in fact, to anyone who plays it. First of all, keep your distance. Second, for those kind of small behavioral changes, you you get a lot of uh, impact. You're helping to save lives. And that's the game in a nutshell. I just think that the way that you've represented that so visually for kids is just really fantastic. How did your knowledge of psychology inform the game design? Well, my, most of my stuff is on behavioral change. And, and so one of my sort of specialisms, as it were, is how you do that with a light touch. And so if you say to kids, look, it's really scary out there and the virus is out there, it's probably not going to do anyone uh, any good in in terms of changing behavior and be in terms of anxiety levels. So the game, I hope, strikes this um, balance of saying, yes, this is a serious topic. Yes, we have to do it when we go outside. But look, it's, it's kind of fun within this environment. So it takes away the sense of anxiety. And I hope uh, would therefore be um, a little bit more effective. And what we're seeing is around about 30% of players, just over 30%, are saying, yes, this actually changed my behavior in the real world. And if that's true, that's astonishing. Psychologists normally don't get anything like that with behavioral change measures. That's incredible. What do you think is so uh, specific about the game that's creating so much change? Oh, it, it's really odd because when Martin did the first version, I started playing it. Even in that very simple form, it really felt like the real world. You really thought, no, actually, this is what it's like. And so I think you're rehearsing this behavior. It becomes automatic. Then when you get outside, that you don't really think about it. You just get on and, um, and avoid people. And we also sort of put some other little uh, bits in there in that we wanted uh, cyclists to also behave in a more responsible way as well. So whenever mm. they appear on the screen, they ring their bell to let you know that, that they're there. Uh, and that um, helps them as well. So I think all of it kind of wrapped up. It, it just gives this very positive message, but in a very fun context. Absolutely. I mean, this must have exceeded what you expected when you set out on this project. Oh, absolutely. You know, I I, I said to him, this is a fun thing. Let's do it. Let's do it quite quickly and and see what happens. And then something very real happens. And and when you see people on on Twitter or send me an email uh, kind of going, no, we're all sitting around and playing it. We've been sent footage from people all over the world playing it and still photographs of them uh, giving their their kind of scores. I should say the top score, if you can get it, is 7 billion because that is saving the entire population of the world. As far as we know, no one's actually got anywhere close. We've had a couple of billion, but not that. So it's a, a challenge to people to still say, you know, can you save the world? So in the game, can you save the world? You can end in actually saving the world. You can actually save the world if, if you're good enough. That's right. Yes, you can save all, all 7 billion people uh, in it. So um, yeah, it's. I, I think it's it's partly the, the framing of that. You know, it's a challenge. It's can you save the world? We know it's an important message. 
It's a fun thing when there's so much anxiety in the world at the moment. So I think all those things uh, just kind of added and, and yeah, we, we got something very special. Now, I have to also ask, as well as playing this game, do you have any advice for parents who are thinking about how they can manage how their children are perceiving the world at the moment and how they can help them to understand what's going on? I, for me, it's, it's about honesty. I, I think mm. it's saying, look, this is where we are. Um, yes, it's it's scary, but you know what? There are things we can do, we can all do to make it a little bit less scary. And if we're careful, it, it's going to be okay. So I would have that 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 message of, of optimism and also try and get back some sense of control because it's when we we don't have a control over a situation that we become most anxious. So there are things we can all do every day to help out. And some people are doing huge amounts for other people. Um, and so I, I think, you know, I, I have great hope that, um, uh, of course, the situation is, is difficult at the moment, but things will get better, better and uh, we will return to normal, but we will return to a, a much more positive situation. That is such an incredible message to end this on. And before you go, where can we find the game? Where can we find Can You Save the World and try and reach 7 billion to save the world? Uh, you can find it probably the quickest way, actually. It's just being Richard Wiseman, Can You Save the World, into a search engine, and it will come up there. There's all sorts of links to it. Uh, you can only play it on the computer or laptop. We don't have a mobile version at the moment. Our resources are rather limited, let's say. Uh, so uh, but on the laptop or, or computer, uh, play away into your heart's content. Well, you've done an incredible job in such a small amount of time. Uh, Professor Richard Wiseman, Professor of Public Understanding at the University of Hertfordshire, but most famously known for being the co-game designer of Can You Save the World? Thank you so much for joining me on Look on the Bright Side. Pleasure. Thanks very much. Thanks for listening and taking a bit of time to look on the bright side with us. Please help to spread the good news by sharing Look on the Bright Side with a friend or family member. Let's help everyone through this tough time and beat it together. If you've got a story you think we should be featuring, then send us an email. We'll put the address in the podcast description for you. We'll be back next week. But before we go, the words of Henry Ford. When everything seems to be against you, remember that the aeroplane takes off against the wind, not with it. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.